Hi, I'm Mitch Kasprick, and welcome to WinnipegHockeyTalk.com podcast number 92. Today I'm going to be joined by my regular co-host, Daryl Manchelenko, and special guest, Scott Campbell. Well, boys, it wasn't the uh, finish we were hoping for, but uh, Scott, what were your overall uh, thoughts on like the regular season and uh, the early playoff exit? Uh, I thought it stunk, I guess, Mitch, is my best uh, way to speak about it. But uh, overall, I, it, it was not anywhere close to what I was hoping. Uh, I, I mean, there are certainly there are a lot of things we can go over from the start of the year, but uh, it, 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 there was a good start. There was a, an awful finish to the year for three months, basically, and uh, we, we could see the team staggering and... Uh, while there were a lot of arguments that there was going to be a switch turned on, uh, that never got turned on. There was going to, there's always an emotional switch when you get to the playoffs. But anyways, to move on, uh, get into the series with the Blues. Um, uh, it was a, to me, it was one of those ones. Yeah, it was, it was close uh, for five games, but uh, the old things come up, uh, the warts, I guess you can say, of the third period. Uh, and it, it, it cost, obviously. And it, the, the last game, I, I guess the, there's still a taste of that last game uh, with me that I was just disgusted with it. So I, I, I've gotten a little over it as I've gone over the days or the days of past since then. Uh, you, you kind of come away from that and say, try to explain why that happened. But that was a complete no-show. And so I, I don't have a good taste in my mouth still today, but I'm trying to get over it. Manny? I can't look at the entire season as one big ball. It, the The regular season certainly did not live up to expectations, and the, the Jets were challenged to find a game that they could trust and and have some consistency with. And, and I know that we've said it in this space numerous times going back to, to late December, in fact, early January, where we said if the team can't find that consistency, it's going to be hard-pressed to... You know, do some, you know, do some damage and reach the level and surpass the level that it did last year. And and as uh, February, March rolled around, there I had very little confidence that th- this team um, could do much more than uh, you know play through a, a first round because it just they just didn't look like a team that was in t- in sync. Now, in terms of the playoffs, I thought they were much much better than what we saw, especially what we saw for. There were the last uh, 10, 15 games, and and for the most part, with if they had a little luck and a couple of bounces, they actually might have won that series. But you know, I, I think the the result, the end result, is just uh, it's it's uh, it's a learning opportunity for this group for sure. And uh, I guess my expectations were very low to start with as we approached the last part of the season and the playoffs. So. It's not an entire surprise that that we were bounced uh, um, the way we were, and uh, with the exception of the last game, that that one there really, really sort of stuck in my craw a bit because of just the way that game went down. Right. And and uh, so I guess you know, let's hope that there's some learning here, and uh, that you know the team is, you know, I'm wondering. I don't think it's conflict. I don't want to call it conflict. And I know some of the media were saying that perhaps there's some conflict in the room. And 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 it's kind of funny because you look at the Toronto uh, 
you know, clean up day today and, and, you know, is Babcock and Dubas, uh, do they have conflict between the two of them? And, you know, so it's, it seems to be rather a unique theme amongst the teams that are bounced out of the first round is that, you know, um, so, but I, I do think that there's some youth piece here that, that has struggled to buy in and, uh, Let's hope that they've learned from it going going into the summer and uh, into the fall. Well, you know, you're right, Scott, and you're both right. It's all about expectations. And for anybody who listened to our podcast at the end of last season, on this podcast, we both had said that, you know, we might take a step back. This team's going to get younger. You never know what's going to happen. So I didn't have great expectations. But yet, as the season went on, there were some good signs at the start. I mean, our power play kind of masked a lot of the early season problems. And we were fine, but, you know, and when you get right down to it, we were one point away from winning the division, and we kind of pissed that away. And uh, so overall, I'm, I'm okay with the season. There's, you know, there's some highs and lows and some disappointments. But in the playoffs, um, I have to admit, and you guys both know me, I'm pretty emotional. I get really pissed off <laughs> on the day of the game and a few hours after it. But I got over it. Like, I was really upset after the game, too. Um, I thought Helly just completely gave that game away. And I didn't hold out much hope for the rest of the series, but then there we go. The, the switch was flipped for a bit. We won the next two in St. Louis. So my biggest disappointment in that series was game five. You know, we were up 2 nothing. We had six minutes of power play time and about five grade-A chances that we could never get that third goal. And ultimately, with the two-goal lead in the history of this team, you could always see you could almost see it in the cards that wasn't going to happen, and it's exactly what happened. And you know, full value to St. Louis. So uh, you know, overall, I guess uh, it is what it is. And uh, like you say, it's uh, it's a learning experience. So I I kind of think that uh, this off season might be even more interesting than the past season. And uh, it all starts and ends with uh, Jacob Truba until that first domino falls. Um, I think Chevy's going to. I think he's going to base his whole offseason on basically what happens with Jake. And uh, what are your thoughts on that, Scott? What are we going to do with Truba? Well, I wish I had the answer to that, Mitch. Um, that's a, you know, I'm obviously, uh, we've got lots of banter between us about him and uh, Morrissey and uh, who's better at one point there. But um, Truba is obviously a, a, such a valuable part of this. I One of the problems is the, that you start to wonder whether you you're going to trade Truba for and, and get equal value, but there's no reason to, to think that we have to trade him for another right-handed shot defenseman. Uh, you know, there's enough assets there to use to move him for a, uh, whether it's a, a second line center or something along that line, uh, maybe a high scoring winger that knows how to play in his own end. Uh, so, you know, there could be a number of options there. A left, a left shot defenseman that can play in the top four. Um, yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I, pardon? I said for sure. I agree. Yeah. I, I, so there, there's a I, there, there really is kind of open for me on him because we don't really know what he wants. So I think we all, you know, we're, we're all expecting the worst. Even I've, I've been one to always deny when I hear rumors. I go, oh crap, because I've heard so much crap over the years. Yeah. For 50 years now about what's going on and uh, people telling you this and that and. I, I don't want to believe that he wants to go. I wanted to believe that, uh, you know, he wanted to get more ice time, and he showed it. He got 50 points in 82 games. Uh, very, very good number for, for a shot. He's a right-shot defenseman, so, you know, he's got the ultimate value there. And I, I just hate to see that hole that will be in there 
because he, he, I think he's under, you know, for the people that may hate him for because he asked, you know, to be traded at one point, they will wait till they see the hole that uh, develops there when uh, he's gone, especially defensively. Yep. Even though he got 50 points this year, you know, I still look at him as being better defensively than he is offensively. So, right. you know, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be, I agree, totally agree though on that. It, it, I think Manny probably has some good thoughts on this too. Well, it's interesting. Uh, you, at the risk of reading into something too deep, you, you look at Jacob Truba this time last year and his you know mental outlook or, or thought process going forward. And maybe, maybe arbitration changed his, uh, his outlook after last uh, summer's arbitration uh, meetings, etc. But he sounded like a different player in terms of his future with the Jets uh, at the end of the season. And, and, and maybe it's unfair to, to characterize that uh, as, uh, you know, as a clue uh, given how poorly or, you know, how the team just didn't get to where they wanted to go. So, um, but Chevy was a bit of a, bit of a, he tipped his cap a little bit and, and, uh, and, and he made a comment that, the team would do, as it relates to Jacob Truba, the team would do what's in the best interest of the team. And for me, that was more more of an important uh, tidbit. So, you know, maybe maybe uh, Chevy's growing tired of the uh, of the process, and and maybe that's an indication that uh, you know he's he's looking to get a resolution one way or another as well, and. Uh, it, it strikes me, though, that the Jets are prime for a pure hockey trade. And and this isn't I, – I would – I said this about Evander Kane, and I'm going to say it about Jacob Truba as well. I'd rather have those guys on my team than not. And, and Jacob Truba is an asset that you just don't replace tomorrow. But if there's an opportunity, let's say with the May, Toronto Maple Leafs, where in turn you could – you know, get a second line center, uh, a Nazem Kadri type of player. Um, it, it might make some sense to just make the deal based purely on a hockey trade to change the dynamic a little bit, get some people in that want to be here 120%. Uh, if that is, uh, in fact, uh, an issue that's in doubt, but this defensive core as a whole could be on the verge of something not very attractive come next next year. And that scares me. Well, you know, Daryl, you guys both touched on something that's very interesting. And I was always kind of adamant, and I think the narrative always kind of was that, well, if we're trading Truba, we need to get back uh, a top four defenseman to fill that hole. And that was kind of the way I was leaning. And I've kind of changed my tune on that. I think that, and Scott touched on this, now you have a, shut, a number one pairing shutdown defenseman that potted 50 points, and he's a right-hand shot which is coveted by so many teams. The Jets have been spoiled because we've always had a lot of uh, good luck with right-handed shooting, shooting defensemen. So I think his value is at an all-time high. And I've kind of changed my tune. And if you could you know, use, a Truba, <laughs> use his, the Truba currency to get yourself into a top center. And now, when I, like we say a second-line center, because that's what the guy we would acquire 
would probably be behind Scheif. But, you know, Jacob Trouba could command a top-tier number one center. So I'm all in on that. And uh, I kind of have to think that I was a little bit pissed off at Maurice with the, the Trouba power play thing when, when Buff was back. And I kind of thought that, uh, now what the hell is he doing? But I've come to the conclusion that Chevy and Maurice kind of know what's going on in the future here. And these two guys, they could be evil geniuses. They, you know, Trip is a good player, and we and we always we always knew he was capable of thirty-five to forty points. They've kind of propped him up to a fifty-point defenseman now, knowing that that gives him ultimate value. And I kind of think that the management team kind of knows he's gone, and uh, they've really made uh, him into a top. I mean, he's always been a top-tier asset, but now he's a real top-tier asset, and I'd be shocked. I'd be shocked if he's still on this team uh, past the draft. I think we're looking at, like you said, a pure hockey trade. It could be a multiple player trade. It could be big. I think, I don't think, I mean, you mentioned Kadri. I'm okay with that. But I think because of the rumors you hear about his girlfriend in the medical school, that probably the best fit for us is going to be Detroit. That's where he's from. Or Florida where his, I believe it's his girlfriend is in uh uh, medical school there, so that could be a fit there also. So, that I means it's all conjecture and everything, but uh, I don't see him wanting to... If he doesn't want to be in Winnipeg, he probably doesn't want to be in Toronto. What do you think, Scott? Oh, no, I... Yeah, no, I, I mean, I've gone through this with the, the number of people uh, and offline, too, and people seem to be... that were seem to be close to them, seem to be that to the situation, have you know, sort of, sort of convinced me because I actually don't sit down and look these people in the eye. Um, have convinced me that uh, you know it, it, it's the girlfriend and, uh, and it has to be the U.S. right because of that, and it's nothing to do with Winnipeg or Toronto. Right. It's just not. It's not Canada. She can't work here. Basically, that's the rumor. I that's a rumor, but that's what I've been told. Right. So I don't care if it's, if it's even if it's not that she can't work here you'd think okay why can't you know i, I kind of challenge that but um, th there seems to be a lot of evidence <laughs> floating circumstantial or uh rumors too of course but it's there seems to be a lot of it points to that uh, they, they need to be in the u.s to be happy so if that's the case i mean i hate to see him go but like you say now's the time to pounce on it i mean he's at an all-time high for uh, points and uh coming off a good solid season again defensively so Let's get it. If it's going to happen, let's get her done. We need. I agree 100% because if, if you take Jacob Trouba out of the loop, now you've got to start to say, okay, uh, like if I put myself in Chevy's shoes, come July 1, I need to know who I'm going to go after to rebuild this defensive core. You've got some, you know, Bull U's come in and, 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 and brought some, you know, some, some depth. Uh, uh, you've got a couple of other. You know, players that you need to sign with, you know, Sherratt and 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 a variety of other opportunities that are within their own stable currently. Um, but I think that trade, or if they're if they're not going to get a deal done, they have to do it by the draft because Chevy, I think, is is has to rebuild this defensive core to a degree, and um, I, because I can't, I can't envision buff and myers running the the table from the right side uh going into next year i i just think that that might be there's too many too many risks uh in that process uh, we all know myers under controlled minutes is is a better player bufflin is an older player more minutes may not necessarily be good for him 
you know, there's there's a lot of risk factors going into this offseason and leaving, you know, poor Josh Morrissey to carry the mail, and that's a big, tall order. So, well, you almost made me throw up there, Daryl. Like, I, uh, well, I know. That is an awful, awful, awful thing to try to speculate. How about uh, do, how about the idea of getting true about, like, if he's going, they get him going now because people need to negotiate, right? Uh, they, I mean, I, if I'm if I'm if I'm Florida or Detroit, I want to know if I got I got a block long term, and Winnipeg does too. We're gonna Absolutely. get more about that way. So I just I'd, I'd love to see it. Uh, like if it's happening, if Chevy knows what he needs to do, uh, that that this is the way he has to go, then let's get it rolling right now. Give the permission to uh, the agent to talk to the uh, whatever club and uh, work something out, and then let's get it going. I I totally agree, Scott. But I think right now. Um the Jets, uh, they might be planning just to look internal. Um, I'm going to say that, I'm just going to, just for the argument's sake, I'm going to say that Myers isn't coming back. And they may or may not buy out Kulikov. They just might eat him for one more year. But, uh, now you got Sandberg, who's supposedly NHL ready. Pullman, who's supposedly supposed to be ready. We know that Nico's going to be part of this team. That's three guys right there. Um, you got Morrow and you got Beaulieu. Now, I can live with either one of those guys either being here or not being here and just restocking from uh, whether it be trade or whatever. But, uh, you know, we might go with that model where you're going to go with two top-end guys like, like Buff and Josh, fill in with the rest of those guys that might not be bad options, and let's load up on the forwards. Uh, I've kind of changed my tune there with that. Uh, I'm all about let's really you know, really load the front up and let's... Uh, <laughs> Let's go gung ho. I don't know. I don't know how much. I mean, obviously, we'd love to have Truba back. I mean, I know I joke about it with him and Josh, but he's he's pretty solid back there, and it's going to be a big loss. And I've really resigned myself to the fact that he's gone. I don't know what they're going to do, but uh, I w- whatever it is, it needs to be done by the draft, right? We've, we've kind of beaten that <laughs> that horse to death, but it really does. It all starts and ends right at the draft, doesn't it? Well, for sure, Mitch. Uh, you know, when we talk about Niku, you know, he's certainly a guy that uh, I thought should have been there from early in the season. It's it's it, it was a you know I, I understand they had a lot of the defensemen and you know and Maurice is gonna his pension is to go with these veteran guys and they wanted to put points in the bank. But uh, I've always felt that Niku was one of the guys that could have been there for the end of the year, and I was saying that early in the season. This isn't looking back and then you know second guessing anything. I was on board from this from right from the start of the year, uh, feeling that if he had the time, he would be able to improve. Throw him in the lineup. Defensively, he's going to get better. He's got great escapability. He's a guy that moves the puck extremely well. He would have been a guy that maybe would have got us that extra goal against St. Louis, in my mind. I don't sit there, and I'm not going to sit and cry about that, but it's something definitely that. The Pullman thing, I, I think he's a very solid sixth defenseman uh, uh, I really am comfortable, always was comfortable with him, even when he was just shoved in the lineup uh, from time to time. And that, that's certainly something. Sandberg I'm not familiar with. Uh, uh, I mean, I've certainly watched him play some. I, I don't know that he's ready. But I, certainly if we inject two guys like uh, Niku and Pullman in there, which I think are both basically givens right now, I think that we're going to be fine because we, we, de- we definitely can go on into a power forward mode as you suggested where we let's load up up front and let's uh, let's take our shot like the Pittsburgh Penguins did uh, they, they certainly were able to uh, 
go get by with a defense that was uh, just so-so. Uh, and, and, and maybe when I say so-so, it, it, they were competitive enough that the forwards were able to carry them. They certainly had a team overall commitment as well, which we'll definitely need in that, in that case. But this is a case where you can get by with it. I'm okay with going up front. Let's load up on the forwards. Let's dial back on the D a bit. And let's take our shot that way. You still have a guy that's a visitor caliber, maybe. Uh, in in uh, we don't know what year that's going to happen with Hellebuck, but uh, maybe he can get back there again. But certainly, if he can give us just league average goaltending, uh, that that could probably give us a shot at, uh, at, a, at at a legitimate run every year. And that's all you can really ask for at this point. For sure, Joe. And. He- the, the construction of the defense is is uh, would be fine in that scenario. You've got two good puck movers, well, three good puck movers in Bufflin, Morrissey, and Niku in that mix, and the rest just got to make sure they do their job and and not become liability. But all of that being said, our forwards need to be a part of the solution and be a, a you know it has to become a team defense uh, strategy, uh, which we were very good at last year uh the results were there and and not just on the defensive side but look at all the offense that we created five on five last year um and that comes from you know good good work inside their own blue line so that's got to be an important part and and some of our top forwards are going to have to buy into that to that to that mentality maybe the coach has got to buy into that mentality too um so you know, I, as a team, I think there has to be a bit of a, you know, uh, an, an oh Jesus moment that uh, uh, that they're going to change the way they approach these games. Well, there's no doubt about it, Daryl. Our forwards' attention to detail was not very good. We can't always pin it on the on the back end. Um, we can start to see it kind of ha- happening a little bit last year, but uh, Hellebuck was so good that uh, he masked that problem and uh, you know that's another conversation hell yeah I, I, we haven't talked about him but I think he'll be fine I mean he had a bit of a he didn't ever he didn't have an awful year he just didn't have the best in the caliber caliber trophy year that he had last year where he was nominated but uh, because of what was going on in front of him well, he was very good down the last few months yeah probably part and parcel uh, I want to touch on this uh, we hear a lot of talk about uh, the window of opportunity with this team and I have uh, pe- different people have different uh, feelings about what that window is. Like, is it now? I kind of think that maybe we're too young for the window now. Are they are they counting the window like you know trying to include Buff Wheeler Little with the young guys as a as like the window is now? I look at it as this team is they're building trying to construct this team for long term success, not just a, sh- a little short window where uh, they go for it and then they got to rebuild again. I think they're looking for long long-term stability, like where they make the playoffs year after year, kind of like what San Jose and Washington have done. I mean, it took Washington forever to win the, win the Cup, but they actually got it done. And San Jose's kind of always been a perennial contender that's kind of, I wouldn't say they've underachieved. It's just hard to win series in this league. So, what's what's uh, Scott, what's your idea on what the window for this team is right now? I think we have a long-term window, Mitch. Uh, there's certainly, uh, this year was was definitely, I thought, an opportunity uh, that we definitely had. To, it, it was knocking, so we had to take a shot at it. And I'm glad Chevy, I'm glad Chevy sorry, uh, stepped up uh, and, and went after, uh, you know, Hayes and a few other guys. I mean, he tried for Stolen. That would have been our, the ideal one. But 
anyways, the, the idea was, okay, let's see what we can go and push and make this team as best as he could, uh, as it could be. Uh, heading down the home stretch, and it didn't work out. And uh, there are there are signs, obviously, before that where people would say, "Why would you even add that at this point?" But I always like to go back to the start of a season and and go, "Okay, this team had the talent. I don't know what happened to it for a month or two. There were there were certainly at, by February there were some excuses with injuries, uh, with Buffalo out, and then we lose Morrissey. So you've got uh, reasons that." Uh, that, that, that you might want to pull back on, but I still think because of the way everybody had got into the year and had known that the uh, younger guys were going to get raises this year, I think it was a year we had to take a shot at. Looking forward, though, the older guys, we got we, we got Wheeler on a five-year contract. Uh, Buff, or Little's going to be around for a long time, uh, unless we can trade him. Uh, not that I'm, I'm saying that we, that should happen today, but uh, also we got... Uh, the, the, those guys, the, the, the older crew are, are going to be people that are going to maybe not be here, but quite likely should be part of the solution because it's the one that I can look at and see. So for that part, I, I guess I just don't know what's going to happen with the young core with Shifley leading that. Uh, I just don't know what is going to, who the players are going to be surrounded, they're going to be surrounded with. So I guess it's easier to identify with the Bufflin uh and Wheeler and uh, Little and that crew, the older core, uh, and say, okay, we got our shot now. And I think I think a lot of people might be along the same thinking. I don't, I'm not sure, but that's just what I'm thinking. Manny, the the window seems to be a bit of a media, you know, talking point as you know, as a byproduct of the salary cap era, and and everybody is, you know, it, it almost it almost suggests that. Uh, general managers can't talk their way out of deals or out of contracts uh, in a salary cap era. We see it all the time. Uh, guys like uh, Stan Bowman have done a great job of working uh, in extending the window uh, as far as they can. And and look at this year. We Chicago didn't look like a team that was going to do much, but man, they were one of the better teams in the second half of the season. And you know, just fell short at the, you know, over the last 10, 12 games that, you know, they, they just faded off and just didn't have enough uh, horsepower. But I think the window is 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 still very strong for the Jets. And, you know, the core is going to be here for quite some time. We've got a nice luxury, though. And, and, and we've, you know, you trade at the deadline for veteran presence. We've got, we have our veterans. Um you know, they may be coming to the end of their prime, but we have our veterans that are going to hopefully um, be, the, you know, the type that are going to be able to still contribute and lead and and guide uh, like they should a, a team that's got plenty of talent to win a, a Stanley Cup. So it's it's all about the learning curve, though, for the young guys and and getting up to speed as quickly as possible. But so long as that core is there, I think I think it's uh, I, I I think they they've got plenty of opportunity going for the next five plus years. I mean, we're are we a playoff team? Or I mean, I I'm I'm saying you know other than something drastic falls for the next five years, uh, Maddie, I, I I I believe we are. Are you thinking, you're thinking that too? That obviously, I, yeah, I think I think we're. A, you know, we are built right now to be a perennial play, a playoff team for, you know, for the next five plus years. I, I just, 
you know, to your point, unless someone says, hey, listen, it's not happening fast enough and I want out of here. You know, and, and you could look at a Shifley as a prime example who's got a, a great contract, very team-friendly contract. You know, if all of a sudden he sees what's been going on around him and starts to starts to say, you know what, maybe it's time we're not winning. Maybe it's time to make a move. So if there's some sort of, and I'm not I'm not making a, you know, a, a point out of that that that's going to happen or anything. I'm just using it as a as an example that if there's something rather out of the blue happens. This team's going to be there. Yeah, well, I would. I don't blame you for using that point, even though I know you, this isn't what you're thinking at all. But if you watch this demeanor at the press conference at the end of the year, you would think something is up with him. Uh, you know, and people are. You know, some people are saying, "Oh, he's just mad because the season ended," or you could look at it a number of different ways. And you know, I don't want to be a conspiracy theorist or anything, but, <laughs> but a chiefly believer. Uh, of you know, since Barry 2010, I was watching him play live games uh, in that era. Anyways, they were uh, uh, it, it, it was it was somewhat with Shafley. It was somewhat disconcerting to watch him and display that kind of body language. It was really something for me to see. I, I it's made my head kind of spin since then, trying to figure out what that all meant. Well, guys, here's a question for you. Um... I mean, Paul Maurice gets a lot of hate on Twitter, and there's a lot of guys that want him canned. And you know, they say that uh, you know he's you look at his losses in his career. He's a young guy; he's piled up a lot of losses. He's got lots of wins. And uh, there's some people. I I don't believe this because I just think the True North is so loyal that something just absolutely horrendous would have to happen for them to move him. Uh, whether it's something inside the dressing room or a horrible start, but I kind of think this team they always plan for the long haul. They have a plan of vision. They don't waver from it. They stick together. Um, I don't think he's on a short leash whatsoever next year unless uh, there's a revolution inside the locker room. I know a lot of guys aren't happy with him. Buff wasn't happy with him, and uh, I'm sure Line A wasn't thrilled with him with the, the line juggling and that. Uh, what are your guys' thoughts on Maurice as far as his longevity goes? Uh, is he on a short leash? Uh, like, what's his window? Let's be honest. Uh, there's a lot of people that think that maybe that Paul Maurice has taken this team as far as he can, and it might be time for a change. What do you think, Scott? Uh, well, I got into a very heated discussion on the other day about uh, somebody asked me if should they fire Maurice, and I said no, and the Maurice fire Maurice crowd came after me. But uh, it, it was uh, my idea was not defending Maurice. It was and the things that he's done because I agreed with you know a ton of things that they that people say whether it's player deployment loyalties uh, uh, strange strange moves that he makes that you know that we we think are strange that we don't understand from the outside but I it, it, you can go through a litany of things the the system play itself uh, wasn't strong this year that's on the coach yeah. Uh, but you got to give the you know the power play uh, was good, so the coach gets credit for that. But when the power play dies, then what happened? Uh, and you know, there's all these different things that you can talk about it with, a, with what the coach did or didn't do. Yeah, the team underperformed this year, so to my mind, uh, Maurice was uh, didn't do his job, uh, just like the players didn't do their jobs. Uh, the bottom line is they didn't get as far. The players didn't get as far as they should. Uh, Maurice didn't get them as far as they should, so he should be under scrutiny for sure. Firing him? No. I was definitely against that, and that's why the, the discussion went on for a couple of days. But 
it was a it, it's a situation for me that uh, the, I mean the man obviously knows hockey. Uh, he's he, he, I've called him an average coach on a number of occasions because he has the same qualities that almost every coach in the league does. They have a loyalty to some plug uh, that you don't think should be playing as much. Uh, every every city has them because you just have to you just have to read the Twitter timelines of fans to to know that. Um, They've got the, these decisions that he makes are, are obviously done through a, a whole variety of reasons, and he's talking to his whole coaching staff and his general manager doing it. So you wonder why these happen, but they, since they happen so frequently, uh, an average coach to me, I think I'm, I'm starting to think with the way Babcock, Babcock is getting heat in Toronto, uh, I'm starting to think almost every coach is average, and once in a while a coach gets lucky and starts making the right decisions one year, and because of the because of uh, puck luck or whatever, whatever he's done works out for him, and that's not so to me. If you're average, you don't get fired until you uh, actually deserve to be fired because of real very uh, an underperformance that you can put your finger on. And Maurice this year hasn't done that for me, particularly after the year that the Jets had last year. If you're coming off a year like this. Again, if he does the same thing again this the following year, then you're then I'd be a little concerned. And I probably put a fairly short leash on him because of all the rumblings of discontent. Uh, to be honest, I probably would have a fairly short leash on him, uh, even though I totally agree with you. I don't think True North will have that at all, Mitch. Uh, I think I totally think they have long-term plans, and you know who knows he's going to be a vice president or senior vice president of something someday when he's 85 years old. So. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think Manny well you have to remember the position that uh, Paul Maurice was put into and that was to to coach um, a group of young players develop them and play them because that's not you know Paul Maurice is not his MO coming to Winnipeg was he plays his veterans and he plays them hard and and he sticks to to the guys he trusts, and and he's done that here. There's no, you know, there's that stubbornness that still comes out, and he's done that here. But he's also been a good soldier uh, for the organization in terms of, you know, their big big picture plan, uh, whatever that may be. Uh, he's been been a good soldier. So the only way he becomes a problem is if the Jets next January or you know leading up to the trade deadline aren't in a playoff position, right? It's it's one of those type of catastrophic uh, situations. Um, but every team in the league right now that's been punted out of the playoffs in the first round are going through the same rhetoric. And I guess I, I you know, listening to Toronto media, listen to every other media that's, uh, you know, the, the wonders of NHL Network on my... Uh, XM radio in my truck has has been very enlightening. That every, all eight teams are going through the same thing we're going through right now, as you know, as fans and as media. They're questioning the coach, they're questioning players, they're questioning this, that, whatever else. And and some of it is completely fair because if you have high expectations, um, you know, that comes with the territory. And and I think we. Scott, you had mentioned you and I were talking again offline that you know going into next year, there's a high probability that you know based on some of the player issues that the team is facing going into the summer, 
there might be an, I, you know, I wouldn't go full regression mode here, but, you know, we might be a sub hundred point team again next year, make the playoffs, but, you know, not be that uh, juggernaut of 114 points that we were to uh, last year. So at which point do you, who do you blame? Uh, you certainly can't blame the coach because at, at some point, you know, uh, if you want the coach to to not be the scapegoat, you're gonna he's gonna say, "Well, give me more veteran players. Let's go get this, that, whatever else." You know, kind of like what Bab, you know, which might have led into why the Babcock Dubis uh, fighting uh, sort of came out, right? Which is not the case. So, I don't think he's going anywhere. I think I think it's a much to do about nothing. Although he does have a job to do. And he's going to have to really work hard at bridging, um, you know, the room uh, to get on the same page again. Because there's no question that that has taken a hit this year. Well, you know what? Go ahead, sorry. Coaches, uh, assistant coaches after the bad year before the playoffs, right? They they made they brought Paul Dvorsky in to because they were taking too many penalties. Right. Um, they, right. Oh, they, the, the former referee. Then they brought in. Uh, they, they did all this work in the summer about studying. I, I remember him going. Uh, the, the, the coaching staff talking about this after they had the bad year that was down right before they made the playoffs a couple of years ago. So he needs to do that again because I thought he, he. I thought he was very nonchalant during the year while this was going on. He seemed to be. They didn't seem to have a lot of answers, and he didn't really seem to really think he had to get answers. Well, I think this is now he's back to that point where he has to go in and look at every little situation. And if it's a penalty thing that he went and found Paul Dvorsky to come in and address the guys, then we need to do do those little things. I think Maurice has to get back to some of the details that he did in the previously. I, 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 sorry, Mitch, I, I want to jump in and just add to that. We spent, uh, you know, he's got to get back to those things for sure. And, and one thing that he has to get back to is stop trying to manage the expectation because whether he tries to manage it or not, it's still going to be there. So they almost have to just don't pander to that conversation, ignore it as best as they can. Because for the first half of the year, what was coaching and, and uh, Maurice and, and Wheeler doing? They were battling, they were battling expectation in, uh, on, on opening night, you know? It, yeah, yeah. you know, like that's got a weigh on you mentally. That's got a, you know, and Scott, uh, and, and the reason why I jumped in is as a player at that level, what, you know, like what effect does that kind of thought process have within the room or, or within, you know, their psyche of trying to get the job done? Well, I'm gonna, <laughs> here's my thought on that is, uh, Paul Maurice is Paul Maurice. He's stubborn. He's this. He's that. But what he has to do is, and we all see it, everybody can see that this man-on-man hybrid zone defense doesn't work. We're going to have younger defensemen in the lineup next year. He's going to have to give these guys a system that is easy for the defensemen and the forwards to play and to read and give them a chance to succeed. I thought there's too many breakdowns in that, and I think it's too difficult, and especially with a young team. That's where I think he's going to either succeed or fail but uh before we wrap up the podcast guys what i want to do is i want to just i'm going to throw out some names 
And then we're, we're going to just, uh, we're going to go in order, like Scott, Manny, then me. And it's, will they be here next year? And we're just going to, I want to get a, a thought for like what you guys think this team is going to look like next year. So let's, uh, and if you guys want to throw one into it, you can also do that. But let's start, okay, let's start with the obvious one. Jacob Truba, is he here next year or not? No. No. And I say no. Tyler Myers. No. Yes. I'm going to say no. Uh, Matthew Perot. Mm -hmm. uh, you want him, but uh, I, I'm going to say yes. Tough year for him. Uh, you know, not uh, the typical Perot that we've seen in the past. Uh, great candidate to package in a Truba, Truba deal. Um, so I'm going to say no. I am also. And for cap reasons. Yeah, and I'm going to say no for the same reason, cap reasons. Dmitry Kulikov. Uh, yes, because he probably won't buy him out and nobody will take him. And I hope they don't. Uh, probably, I'm going to hope they can try to get through without uh, giving up another Armia and whatever. Right. Yes, he'll be here for those same reasons. Yeah, I agree with both of you. How about uh, Joe Morrow? No reason to do that unless. I guess I, I mean I guess he's cheap. Uh, so yeah, I'm gonna say yes because he's cheap. Sorry. He he will be here and he will be a uh, a depth guy that won't see very much ice time next year. I agree with that, uh, Nathan Bowie. Yes. Yeah, he's yes. He's a restricted free agent. Yep. And, uh He's at a good. He'll come in at a decent price, I believe. Uh, I think he wants to play here, and he'll get an opportunity too. So. He acquitted himself well. He will be here. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think he'll be here too. Brian Little. Absolutely. Uh, True North loyalty. Why? That's why Maurice is going to, at 85 years of age, still have a job with the True North. So. <laughs> <laughs> he, he's a, he, I think he will be here, but he's in that same category as Perot in terms of uh, if the right package deal with Truba, you know, if... So, I yes, he will be here. I agree also, but I think that, uh, yeah, I think he's a guy that's uh, on the block. <laughs> okay, here's Absolute. the, the well, last guy. The last guy, thing. Kevin Hayes. What do you think? No, oh, he's gone. No. I, I, I mean, he, he, he didn't, he didn't, I, I, I was one of, I think I brought him up and when we were uh, on the telecast before the, uh, the, the trade deadline. What about Kevin Hayes? Because I wanted him on, you know, he, to be in the target if they didn't get stoned. But right. you know, he didn't really, he, he didn't live up to expectations. So no. Okay. Well, <laughs> here's the thing. Like I say, uh, come come the the, the draft in uh, in June, lots of questions will be answered. That'll be a, a kind of a fun time. It's kind of like. Uh, it's the consolation prize for the guys that don't make the playoffs, I guess. Have some, have some fun with your fan base, but uh, well. sorry to jump in, Mitch. Though, but on Hayes, just a just a thought on Hayes. Yeah. Isn't he a kind of a Jacob Truba wait and see kind of guy too, though? Could be, and it all depends what he's looking for, money wise. Uh, well, to our point earlier in the pod, if if you get a second line center, uh, you know, if you if you can't get value for Truba with defenseman for a defenseman and you go after a number two center, Hayes is out of the picture. Not true. Uh, here's a thought and it's the last thought of the night. 
Uh, with all the money we're going to save on Truba, uh, and we're probably going to save some money on Line A, uh, Connor's going to get a little pay. Lots, a few guys are going to get some pay bumps. Um, what about uh, putting some of that Truba money towards a guy like, I'll just throw the name, uh, how about uh, Duchesne? The Duchesne for me is, um, I, I, I mean, I, he certainly is a second line center for, uh, you know, and would fit in well there. Uh, depending on the money, I would, I'm going to say yes because I don't know what the kind of money we're talking about. So yeah, we, would I pursue the opportunity? Absolutely, hundred percent. High risk uh, acquisition if you do go after him. So the conditions do have to be right there. Yeah, I, I agree, guys. Well, you know what? Uh, overall, it was a. It was still a pretty good season. I mean, you know, at 99 points and it was an off an off year. And like I say, there's only one winner. Would we have liked to have played on? Sure, we would have. But uh, um, they got a lot of figuring out to do over during the off season. And uh, you know, hope always springs eternal next camp. The guys come back in. I hope they come in hungry. I hope they have their eyes open. I hope they come in in good shape. And most of all, I hope they come with a work ethic. Because a lot of this, uh, a lot of that playoffs, I saw um, sporadic work ethic, and I thought that we got—I wouldn't say we got pushed around, but I thought we got outworked. But uh, uh, Scott, uh, thanks for joining me, Manny. Once again, uh, that's you're—you're uh, you're, you're the steady Eddie with the podcast. You're always here. Uh, to our listeners, uh, you know where you can catch us: WinnipegHockeyTalk.com. Check the podcast tab. You can catch us on Stitcher, iTunes. Uh, Anchor FM, we're all over the place anywhere you can find a podcast you can probably find us, so once again guys thanks for your time tonight and uh, maybe we'll get together and we'll talk around draft, or if something really big happens with the Trouba we'll get together and have a have a chat about it, but uh, until next time we'll say goodbye, Bye. see you guys Take care.